Do you dream about your next trip? You're in the right place. On the Time to Talk Travel Podcast, we come to you weekly to share places to go and what to do when you get there. Let's dive into this week's adventure. We're here today with an important topic. We're going to talk a little bit about travel advisory. I know that we've all been seeing them in the news a lot now, but the reality of it is when you're on vacation somewhere, there are other people who live there. And there may be things going on from weather to infrastructure to just generalized rest that can come up anywhere you travel to. So today we're going to dive a little bit deeper into that and talk some best practices when you're traveling and you need to know. And of course, a few funny things that have happened to us or maybe terrifying. Who knows? Why don't you lead us off and talk a little bit about travel advisory and what you've seen happen and ways that people can be aware of what's going on? Sure. Israel. That is what's happening now. The attention is on that. But we've been dealing with this for years because of COVID. When COVID first hit, there were alerts and advisories not to go to certain places where the virus rate was high. And it comes down to a really personal decision. Few people want to go to Israel right now because of what has been going on and the fact that a lot of people who were there on vacation couldn't get home when everything hit the fan. But I'm in Spain currently, and I have friends who are supposed to be coming to Spain in the middle of next month, and their family members are telling them, nope, you need to cancel. You should not be going overseas. And they've reached out and said, is it safe where you are? Absolutely. Given today what's happening around me, I can't say that's going to be the case next month. I was just a, a corner coffee shop this morning, and what's running in the Spanish newspapers is very different than what I'm reading at home about the same incident, the same issue. And so the point is, it's never guarantee whether where you're going is going to be safe. There may be a hurricane. You talked about weather. There may be, like I said, I went to Iceland and I didn't know it was going to be the first blizzard of the year and it would mean travel shutdown. Travel is always a gamble. Um, and it's a really a matter of how much risk are you willing to take? Beyond that, for me, the difference between is it an alert or is it an advisory, um, which are two different things. And we can get into that after everybody gives their spiel. But it really is, I'm a risk taker. I'm not going to go travel to a war-torn country uh, unless I'm going you know, on some humanitarian effort. And I've considered that in all honesty. Uh, but I wouldn't be bringing my kids in that case. So different levels of risk, different people. Most everybody can postpone a trip. Not desirable, you know, especially if you've got the time off for work or maybe you didn't book a refundable ticket. What it boils down to me is, is it worth your life? No, no vacation is fun if you're dodging bullets around you. For me, that's what it comes down to, your level of risk. Well, that makes sense. Maureen, I know that you traveled internationally a lot with the sailing that your kids do. How does that work out for y'all when you go to different countries? I think like Des says, you can get caught up in all the excitement of planning your trip. And like you said, you're going on vacation, but you're going on a vacation to everybody else's regular life. And you have to do your homework beyond the hotels and the attractions and the rental car and all of that to, you know, what is the weather going to be like? What is currently going on? If that's a really great deal on your hotel, maybe it's not in the best area. But look a little bit beyond your own itinerary and your own plans to have a lot more of a global perspective. And that's where we are. You need to be a global citizen now and really understand what is going on in the world. We can't be ignorant and we can't be arrogant. Um, when we travel, we do need to be smart about it. You know, there's a hurricane that uh, that can be coming. You know, you hear about it, but 
I'll look on TikTok and even see videos and you're like, oh, those really are some waves coming in or that snowfall is no joke. So you really do need to be prepared, flexible. It might not be the time to go, you know, going and traveling to Mexico when there's a hurricane coming. That's not going to be the vacation you had planned by any means. It'll be a trip you remember and it might be a great story for cocktail parties, but it's probably not the beachy vacation that you had imagined. Yeah. I'm going to run through quickly some of the levels that I think people don't necessarily consider when they're looking at these travel advisories. As we see a lot of the ones that are all, one, it's normal, it's safe to travel, and all like, four, don't go there. Don't go there at all. But the issue is there are quite a few in between and multiple suggestions and reasons for why people shouldn't go to certain places. But right now, there's a level two travel advisory to Antarctica. And that isn't something that most people would know or realize, but essentially there have been environmental issues that are causing extreme weather. They are not able to guarantee that they can reach you if you have a medical emergency like they used to be able to run because some avenues are operating differently. It's not that they're telling you not to go there, but they're listing out precautions on travel.state.gov Spelling out, make sure you go with an operator that is from the International Association of Antarctic Tour Operators. Now, here's a travel checklist for emergencies. Don't forget to carry these items with you. And another one, Macaw, part of China, is on a level three travel advisory. And I know people who've gone there not in the distant past. And one of the reasons that they're on that level three travel advisory is that the U.S. is just warning that there is this uneven issuance of law and order there. So some people are having problems exiting. There's an arbitrary enforcement of rules and regulations that we don't have a consular relationship there and we can't help you if something goes wrong. Just know this is happening and make your own decision. And ultimately, that's what it comes down to is making your own decision. Hey, Naz, a lot of people don't know what the levels are, level one through four, which is the work. Do you want to break that down for them? Because I think that's important. Most people aren't traveling all the time. Yeah, let's go down it. These levels don't necessarily only mean war, terror, danger in that way. They break it down for different reasons. So we've got a level one that's going to be exercise normal precautions. That's just, hey, be careful you're traveling. Don't get pocketed. Watch out where you're going. Stay in safe places. You've got a level two that's going to be an exercise increased caution. And those are going to be for different reasons. Like I was saying, Antarctica had that level two because you may not be able to get medical assistance if you need it quickly. And so Hong Kong has a level two caution. And again, that is related to the arbitrary enforcement of laws. However, they are saying that one's a level two because they can get to that one a little bit easier. I believe Spain's at a level two right now as well. And you wouldn't know it walking down the street, but yeah. because of what's happening around. Sorry, go ahead. I mean, even France is at a level two. And at level three, that is a reconsidered travel level. Right. When they go to that level, it usually has to do with the risk for wrongful detention. You might be detained, not able to get out. A lot of it has to do with the ability to provide emergency consular services. And that means that you may not be able to have someone advocate on your behalf if something goes wrong in that country. So that's one of the reasons they go to that level three, because it's supposed to basically let you know you may not have all the avenues that you have in other situations because we don't have a relationship or we cannot easily assist you here. 
And then when you get to a level four, that is going to be things like do not travel. Do not go there. There is a major issue. You know, there is a war. There is terror. There's an overthrowing of a government. There is something massive going on. Don't go there. That's going to be a lot of the Middle East right now. And if you go, yeah. know that your government isn't looking to help you. Don't, no. don't think someone's going to come in with a SWAT team and rescue you. Exactly. And it's like when you walk out of a store with a brand new cell phone and you're like, oh, I don't need the you know, protection plan, even though I haven't bought a case yet. And then you trip and it breaks <laughs> and it's your problem. It's no one else's problem, but you were warned. You should have gotten the protection plan and then dropped it once you had a case on it. So, Whole other story. And you would have to make these decisions. My daughter and I traveled to Sri Lanka in 2020, early 2020. We were starting to hear rumblings about something going on in China and Asia. And Sri Lanka is an island underneath India. It was on my radar. And I really was thinking, is this a good idea? What's going to happen? I don't know. And we had travel insurance, but sometimes in certain situations, travel insurance doesn't kick in, especially if it's a situation out of their control. We did end up going. We brought extra sanitizer. We had masks with us, which we wore on our flights back and forth and all of that. And the trip went fine. Everyone was fine. It was actually interesting to see how intensive their screening was before it had even hit anywhere else in the world. They're an island. So they were very committed to making sure no one got in who could potentially be sick. So it worked out for us. And that was a level of risk that we knew there might be a little bit and was a little nervous, but it worked out. Oh, it's one of those things where you have to assess from all sides and make sure you're prepared in case something does happen. And there are checklists and other items that can guide you on the travel.state.gov site that you can check out. And it goes back to, again, whenever you travel, but also at home. I was talking to my mom this morning, who's older and worried about me because I'm on my own over here. And would you call me every morning just so I have proof of life? And I'm like, I'm not doing that, mom. Trust that I'm good. You have raised a smart daughter. I know there are pickpockets and there are purses, but there are every. There are ways to be smart, even going into a level two or level three situation. I think level four is your government saying, yeah, time to rebook. Maybe you can't. Maybe you need to be in that country for that reason. And then there are things you can do, like the STEP program. You know, if you want to get into that, or um, Maureen, I don't know if you've ever had to use STEP. I haven't used it. I, you know, I was aware it existed. Probably should have for this trip, in all honesty, because I was in eight different countries in a matter of a month. But do you want to talk about that? Well, that's where you can register your ex so that you know where you are. Yes. Yeah. I didn't even know it existed, to be honest. I know you can and do that for flights if you're sailing. You, you log that so they know where you are. I think it's Smart I Traveler enrollment, enrollment program. program. And so when I was pregnant, I carried twins for my friend. And I was on cruises at the time teaching social media. We were in a lot of different countries. So I enrolled. That way it wasn't only me reporting back on anything, but there was someone else advocating for me and these two children that were not mine. In case anything happened, you can register your plans and it basically provides so that there's an issue. The consulate, the local consulate of where you are knows that you are there or due to be there. So they can essentially use it as a roster to go through and be like, okay, we had this major issue in this area. These 10 Americans were supposed to be here. We've touched base with all of them. None of them are here. Of course, there could be other people, but we know that the 10 we know about are okay. It loops in the embassy for yeah. where you're going to be. And, and it's free. It's free. And you don't need to do it for every trip. I certainly don't. 
Um, but if there was a high stakes trip or a trip with a lot of countries, or if I was going to travel to a level three area, I would absolutely let them know. Personally, I'm a risk taker where I think it pays off. And for me, a level three where the specific reason had to do with detainment for unexplainable reasons and no consular support, I wouldn't go. Yeah. That would be my cutoff. So that's a pretty high cutoff. I like it. I think we're all on yeah. the same page there. Yeah, because I'm still a level two doesn't concern me. I, yeah. And remember, they issue it for an entire country. Anything can happen at any Exactly. Time, right? so in America like, you know, or I, anywhere. You could just be staying domestically going to a tourist place. You need to be smart. Yeah. There's an emergency on a subway in New York. What does one not from New York? You probably don't know that answer. San Francisco is not the city it used to be. Neither is Seattle. You have to have your wits about you. You need to know that, again, you may be on vacation, but you need to be aware of what's going on locally. The situations can happen at any point. So I think that if you are traveling, especially internationally, registering like that is very inexpensive if it's free. Um, insurance to know that you may not be in a to be able to contact anyone. Francisco thing is such a good point, though. I've seen multiple people post recently about having their luggage stolen out of their cars, and we're travel writers, right? Yeah. So for yeah. me, it was like, why did you leave luggage in a car in San Francisco? Like, don't. Ever One of the people I saw post about that recently, probably a mutual friend. They were yep. just checking into the hotel. I mean, it was a yep. matter of 10 minutes. It was a rental car. The window was crashed. The luggage was up. I think that's a key part. Do the research on the place you're going. We love to research the excursions and the food. Look into oh, the safe. What's the area of town nobody locally goes to? You know, that kind of thing. Or that you need to take right. a local no, with a you. Lot of cities that it's the whole city. Yes. Like, it's not just one area. 100%. You really do need to change your mindset it's not the it's not the city of 10 15 20 years ago the last time you were there You're right exactly um, i used to yeah. every quarter for work and my husband and i ended a cruise there a couple of years ago and it had gone so far from what i remembered him and i were like wow this is not like it used to be because i had been there a lot like there's a lot of cities right now that are in a lot of turmoil domestically if we're having those challenges here I'm thinking last time I was in Spain was 20 years ago. I'm thinking, I loved it. It was amazing. We Same. walked around. We ate late. I would be fantasizing what my experience was. Do we watch and we're influenced by social media? And they're like, oh, look, they were there and it was to it looked totally fine. Yeah. You're seeing a very small window True. into their experience. I will say right? I feel safer walking around Barcelona at night right now than I do walking around Atlanta, Georgia at night. I will say that. Um, I will also say I was on the public bus this morning going over to the beach and we went by a bomb squad in a very public restaurant. They were outside the bomb squad looking and I thought, oh, no, again, it could have just been somebody left a suitcase. I, who knows? But the point is doing the research and staying on top of it before you go. Because, again, sometimes it's a weather related emergency. I don't think it would have stopped me to hear there might be a blizzard going to Iceland because I really thought Iceland could handle a blizzard. But I have a girlfriend who this week was supposed to be going to Cabo San Lucas, Mexico for her wedding anniversary. Well, that got canceled because Cabo's getting hit by a hurricane or was supposed to be. A friend was supposed to leave yesterday. You can look at the TikTok videos of those waves, yeah. you know, taking over the beach <laughs> in Cabo right yeah. now and think, you know. So she you, switched actually, her plan. I was on the flip side, I flew into a hurricane to get to the Bahamas for my daughter's sailing. And it was hitting right over Miami. And I have the picture of where we had to go. Now, obviously, the plane is not going to fly through a hurricane, but the weather-related incident. And so we had to watch really carefully and go, 
All right. And that does come to your comfort level. Four years ago, I did not understand hurricanes and whatnot. Now I've lived through several in Texas and um, I have a kid in Florida at school there. So that whole Gulf Coast to Atlantic Coast of Florida, it's months of, oh, are we going to get hit? Like, we but it's normal. Made it through. Yeah, it's normal. That's normal. Yes. So I know that like a level one, two, even three, most locals don't really care. Right. You start talking about a four or five. Now we'll start talking about Oh, we'd be getting tornado warnings and people would be at baseball. They'd be like, you come into the baseball Right, nobody game. cares. <laughs> when I first moved there, I was like, but there's a tornado warning. Like, I'm supposed to be sitting in my pantry, aren't I? No. <laughs> That's the yeah. difference between advisory alert and warning. I think that the big thing, too, is so when they go through and we talked about the different levels and the alerts and things like that, so you can sign up for these different Finders and alerts and keeping on top of safety and registering your destination and knowing what's coming. And then they can even break it down into risk indicators, like what the area is at risk of. Oh, civil unrest, terrorism, crime. Like crime is going to be an issue in a lot of places. I don't know that that would necessarily deter me. However, if I saw that they were kidnapping or hostage taking or there was wrongful detention, that's a no for me. Like we say, we're pretty high risk takers in general because we value travel so much. And yeah. I think probably most people listening are listening because they also love travel. Anything can happen at any time. You have to go on a positive mindset that you've done your homework, you're prepared, do it, enjoy it, get the most out of it. If things happen along the way, as most of our stories have something that goes along the way. It's still worth doing. It's still worth doing all that homework. Because probably nothing will happen. Unless they change it to a high three or a four. Yeah, that's where a lot of people will use a travel agency. You know, a travel agent who can help rebook. My girlfriend who was going to Cabo, she called her travel agent. They rebooked her. Get the travel insurance. There's a certain amount of financial privilege to this in general, and there's financial risk as well. So it's not just a risk of, oh, I'm going to go here and they might be having rest or there might be a heightened alert or anything like that. There is a certain level of financial risk that you're taking because travel insurance only covers some situations and not others. And it's really important to look at your plan and see if there's civil unrest. Does it include that? Does it count it as an act of God? If you have to get yourself out of a country, that can be extremely expensive at the last minute. And I know that I'm older now and I'm more financially settled and I have the privilege to make a decision to get myself to a spot that's maybe a high two, low three risk that I deem is an acceptable risk. But I wouldn't have done that 10, 15 years ago. What if I can't afford to get out? What if I'm paying for this trip for the next five years? So there is a certain level of privilege and financial assessment that has to go into it and really just not assuming that you will be evacuated at no cost for you, that you will be um, able to have travel insurance reimburse you and things like that. That does not always happen. And a lot of people do end up in these financial situations through no fault of their own. There were kids on school trips to Israel who had no idea what was going to happen. And their parents had to pay to get them on flights back out. So there is a risk that isn't just physical, but also financial that I think bears mentioning. I agree. I think we all do. Yeah. Hey, well, that was an uplifting. But important. I know we love to talk about the fun stuff. But right now, again, as a travel writer, I've talked to four different people about their travels in the next couple of months. And it's my sister says I shouldn't go to Spain. Am I crazy? Everybody wants guidance and we can't say it's safe or it's not safe. 
we can only say, do your research, know your risk level, and pay attention to what the government says, because they do know things that we don't sometimes. Yes, and register so someone knows where you are, share your itinerary with people at home. Basic travel items like making copies of your IDs and leaving them with someone you trust or putting them into a secure online area that you can access. Yeah. That's a whole other thing. One other thing I will tell you I did you know is I turned on Life360 is an app a lot of people use to monitor children, what have you. I turned it on for myself with my boyfriend because I am alone now. And he made jokes about it called the, the disappearance of Desiree. Now, what are we going to do if you just fall off the face of the I will turn on my 360. I can't say it'll work if somebody grabs me off the street. My mom's fear, you know, what if someone takes you? Because yep. I'm so lovable. Like, make sure people know where you are. Like, I didn't share an itinerary with anyone else because I'm crazy like that. Should have. But at any rate, I feel like if you were snatched off the street, you would either make friends with the person or, <laughs> or talk like, so know, much. They'd be like, get her back out. That, they'd drop you back. Yeah, off they're like, you know somewhere. what? This is a lot. You'd be like, where have you been? Do you know any good restaurants in the area for when we're done with this? <laughs> what about bars? I heard there was a great bar in this. Thing. Yeah, I know. You're right. You're right. We'd be best friends or they'd be kicking me right back out saying, let's find someone quieter. Yeah. yeah, and I would burn the entire building down. So you know <laughs> that I would there, but anyways, I think it's an important topic. I'm glad we did it and I hope people find it helpful. I do. Absolutely. So we have wrapped up this very invigorating and important topic, even if it is not really a sunshine and roses topic, it's important to think about and to be aware of. And we will be back next time with probably a slightly less serious Top. We want to make sure you're well-rounded. Thank you so much for listening. This has been another episode of Time to Talk Travel, brought to you by HashtagTravels.com. You can keep in touch with us between episodes by checking out our site, joining our newsletter, or connecting with us on social. We've always got the information you need in our episode notes. Until next time, happy travels, and thanks for being a part of our trip. <laughs>